Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, you can reach us at the podcast by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Well, believe it or not, this is the beginning of our 2022-2023 Premier League coverage. Uh, starting off, as always, is our show about promoted sides. So, of course, we had to bring on the fantastic Russ Goldman, who, of course, uh, you can find from his show Cottage Talk, which is both a podcast. I think also you do the video stuff now and have for a couple of years. So people should be sure to check that out. But, Russ, I just wanted to start off by congratulating you on being back in the Premier League and just asking you what's been going on at Fulham since we saw you in the Premier League last. Kevin, thank you for having me back on. It's obviously been a few years now, but Fulham have been a quote-unquote yo-yo club. I hope that ends, that we can, I can actually be on your show on a regular basis so we don't have to do this every couple of years. <laughs> but uh, things have been very interesting with Fulham since we last talked, and I'll be happy to share that with you. And uh, I look forward to Fulham being back in the Premier League, and uh I'd like to say things are going to be different, and I'll make my argument why I hope they'll be different. But uh, history is uh, something that you cannot deny when it comes to foam. So I'm hopefully uh, they'll be making new history this time around. Nice. Well, uh, I guess we'll just start off with your championship campaign last year. Obviously, it was a very good one, breaking all kinds of records. Um, I, I think the attack in particular was fantastic. Uh, I was talking to you a little bit before the show. It was just like, you led the league in goals, in shots on target, in touches in the box, chances created, accurate crosses. Basically, if it's an attacking metric, Fulham led the league in it. And I was wondering if that's the Marco Silva effect, if you think that's just the individual ability of some of your players. What do you think led to you just being so good in attack? Well, it has to start with Marco Silva. In fact, uh, for the majority of my conversation with you, it'll probably come back to Silva. A great deal, because I can just tell you that for Fulham's championship season, it really began before that with the parting of ways with Scott Park. I'm sure we'll be talking about that in just a bit. But the question would be, what would happen after Parker? Would there be a change of direction? And I can tell you it's a complete different team under Marco Silva compared to Parker. So I want to really start there because I really believe that not just Fulham's attack, but Fulham's just style of play, everything that Fulham really accomplished, it really does start with Silva. Obviously, you, you're going to talk about the players and, and what they brought to the table. But really, for me, it really is about not just Silva, but his staff, in, including a, a former Fulham legend in Boa. Uh, you know, again, that to me is where you have to start when it comes to foam. It really is about Silva. So when you talk about the attack, it really is his philosophy. But the biggest part that foam got from Silva was players that 
were on the outskirts of the team under Parker all of a sudden flourished under Silva. We're talking Niskins, Cabano. I'll even throw Tim Ream in it. And, of course, Alexander Mitrovic. I think Alexander he played the most minutes for you last year, Tim Ream did? Tim Ream was unbelievable for us last season. Unbelievable. And he really bought into the style of play and was a true leader out there. So I can just tell you that so many players, Kevin, improved under the tutelage of Silva and his staff. It's not even funny. I just named a few. But the ones that really stand out, as I mentioned, was Mitro and, of course, Cabano. Cabano didn't even get a look in with Fulham in the Premier League, basically. Maybe just a very little bit amount. And he became a new player. And there, there were so many players that improved under Silva. And that also was one of the reasons why I know Fulham and Parker departing going their separate ways was the best move probably for Parker and, of course, for Fulham because then they went after And uh, I'm just telling you, he's the number one reason I am very optimistic about Fulham's chances in the Premier League. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. A name that you didn't mention in that attack was Harry Wilson, who actually led the Harry league Wilson. in both chances yes. created and yes. assists, which is really impressive and is going to be yes. needed, obviously. Um, with the loss of, of Carvalho. But um, I, I do want to talk more about Mitrovic because obviously the last time sure. you came up, Mitrovic had also had a pretty good season in the championship, obviously not the historic one he's just had, and then came up to the Premier League. Everybody was expecting him to continue banging in goals and, as you said, was largely left out by by Parker, e- even in key stretches of the season. Uh, are we expecting now under Silva that he'll just play all 38 matches if he's fit? Absolutely. I truly believe that that's what you're going to see. And a couple things with Mitro that are different from, say, Parker. And I would also say going back to even to Savisa. I think Savisa played a little bit to Mitro's strengths, but there's no question that Silva plays to Mitro's strengths. And it has unleashed him not just as a goal scorer, but I'll call him a complete striker because he doesn't just score goals. He gets his teammates involved. He's become a team striker. If there's ever such a thing, Mitro has really become that type of player. So it's not just about the goals. And I think that's what gets lost in the shuffle. When you look at him, you're just concentrating on how many goals he scored. But what you're not looking at is him coming back for the ball, helping out on defense. I mean, he became a complete player last season. And uh, we just saw a different type of player from Mitro. He took his game to the next level. And I'm just telling you that I know Silva had a significant role in that. And honestly, uh, the reports here were he needed to be really just uh, proven that making the right decision to stay with him. He he needed some assurances. And uh, everything that I've heard, he talked to not just Tony Khan, but also Marco Silva to convince him to stay that he was going to be part of his plans. And honestly, he built his team around Mitro. And the big difference that hopefully we will see in the Premier League, it's going to be a little bit different because it was so attack-oriented in the championship, was you're going to see them playing more to the strengths of Mitro, more crosses in the box. They're going to be looking more for Mitro, but Mitro will also be looking for his teammates. That was very different. It was The style of play is such the difference in the, the championship last season compared to 
the time under Parker. And again, we, we could certainly talk about the differences. I'd be happy to talk about it in more detail. But for me, when you talk about Mitro, I can't talk about him without talking about Marco Silva. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. And as you said, his overall game did improve, but it's hard to ignore 43 goals and 44 starts. That is no. that is just historic stuff from him. And uh, long may it continue, and hopefully he does uh, both get the minutes and the goals back in the Premier League. Because like you said, it, it does feel like he took a step forward and it wasn't just a Premier League quality player just dunking <laughs> on players no. uh, in the championship. Um, like I was talking about, obviously the loss of Fabio Carvalho was was unfortunate. It almost was really unfortunate if you'd lost him in January, obviously still had a, a large role to play down the stretch for you. But we mentioned Harry Wilson being very good. You also mentioned a couple other players that stepped up. Um, how, how are you expecting to to fill that that hole in the squad? It's a great question, and, and it really is a key for Fulham this upcoming season because uh, I'm here to tell you that Fabio Carvalho, I believe, maybe not this season, maybe not the next, you will see him as a player that will be on the same wavelength, the same level as I believe as Salah and Mane were. Dang. I believe he's that good. I truly believe that. And it will take a little time with him. And I hope that the Liverpool supporters are patient with him. Unlike the Spurs supporters with uh, Ryan Sessio, we can talk <laughs> about that later. But in all seriousness, when it comes to Carvalho, and I've actually said this, out of the players that I've followed since my time with Fulham, he is hands down the best player to come out of their academy. Ryan Sessio has been good. And Harvey Elliott also with Liverpool, I believe, will be good. Those are the three the triumvirate of academy graduates that I think are going to make a difference in the Premier League. But the one that really, I believe, will be the superstar is going to be Carvalho. He plays with no fear. He showed it with foam. So much confidence and so much football acumen that, again, you have the combination of, of that knowledge and that fearlessness. That's what you're looking for. And I'm I'm just telling you, he's going to be dominant, so it's going to be difficult. And I, again, I am thinking that a player that potentially could play that role could be Andres Pereira, who Fulham got from Manchester United. And Pereira has been in the Manchester United system for I don't know how long. And, of course, he's gone out on loan. He played last season at Flamenco. He was actually out on loan with Lazio. And uh, apparently Manchester United supporters have uh, called them the preseason Pirlo, which I find interesting. But <laughs> potentially he could be that player. And he's got a point to prove. And that to me is, again, a good signing for Fulham because uh, he's not lived up to the expectations that, that were put upon him. He was actually, again, started with Sir Alex Ferguson. So that's how far back Pereira goes. He's still a young player, and uh, we shall see. And Fulham have also, again, it's not official yet, and I think he'll be more of a winger, but I believe he could also play that role as well. The number 10 role, I've heard that he could, but I think he'll be more of a winger as Manor Solomon that Fulham will be getting from Shakhtar Donetsk. That's a whole other conversation that could take a whole day explaining why it's not official, but it has to do with the war in Ukraine he has been training with Fulham. He was spotted in the crowd, believe it or not, at the uh, friendly against Nice in Portugal. 
And uh, I'm really high on this player. Everything that I've learned about him, I think he could be a good fit. And then, of course, Fulham actually have another player that they signed that I think is pretty much of a coup. And I, and I know you wanted to talk about how the transfer window was gone, so I'm kind of already jumping ahead with that because I want to talk about Polina, Jao Polina. Mm. Uh, they got from Sporting Lisbon. And by all accounts, Wolves were going to get him. By all accounts, it looked like he was going to be headed to Wolves without Portuguese connection. But Fulham have their own Portuguese connection now with Marco Silva, Luis Boamorte, and, of course, other Portuguese players. So there was a connect, there's a connection now for Fulham, and they went after him. And, and again, uh, also part of the reason probably had to do with Wolves not in, being able to sell their star player. They had to really bow out of it. And then Fulham got who I think might be a world-class player in Polina as a defensive midfielder, which I think is going to help Fulham transition very well into the Premier League. I think we're going to see a, a change of style potentially in certain matches, and I think you need to do that in the Premier League. I've already been told from people that were at the match last night that they changed formations three different times. And really, Fulham really rarely did that in the championship. They really didn't need to. So that's actually a good sign for me that they're experimenting with different formations. But I think a key is going to be what they've already done. These three quality players, Kevin, give me hope. And honestly, if I look back a few seasons ago, with all the hype that Fulham had over spending £100 million, and John michael Surrey was a part of that. And what it turns out to be right now, Fulham have brought in, I think, three players that might be on a higher level than the players that they bought in 2018. And at this point, really haven't spent a ton of money. They spent some, but not a ton. So, so far, so good. But again, there are a lot of uh, moves that still need to be made for Fulham defensively that has supporters, let's just say, concerned because uh, two years ago, they started off in the back in the Premier League and they did their business very late defensively and it was a mess to start the season. So that's the concern right now is how are they going to upgrade the defense? And that's really the story of the summer. Yeah, and if memory serves, you actually brought in pretty young, talented defenders, but it just took a while for, for them to bet in, and it was kind of time you didn't yes. have. Um, you mentioned Tim yes. Ream um, starting a lot yes. of matches and be, not being sure that he's a, a Premier League player again. That was also a, kind of a theme the last time you came up was that you had been very good in the championship, but you didn't believe a lot of those players were Premier League ready, so there had to be a lot of replacements. How do you think this team compares to that one in terms of like the total number of your, your like 11 starters that you think are able to hold on to those spots in the Premier League and perform well? I think it's going to be much less. It, listen, there's still going to be, I think, at least seven to eight additions that, that they need because they also need not simply just up players that can vie for each position. So for me... I feel much more comfortable with the players that they currently have with additions coming. Two seasons ago, when, when they came up through the uh, playoff final, there were so many players that just were not good enough to play in the Premier League. But when you look at it, Harry Wilson, Mitro, potentially Harrison Reed, 
And, you know, there are other players as well that I think can stand up in the Premier League. Kenny Tete, you know, people will argue with me, Anthony Robinson. I think he's good enough for the Premier League, but I do want them to upgrade, honestly, at the left-back position. But can he play in the Premier League? Well, he already has. So if you look at it, they already have more Premier League-ready players than they did two seasons ago. But they still upgrade and bring in players that are comparable to the starters that they currently have to have competition at all positions. So do they need to upgrade? Yes. Do they need more players? Yes. But I don't think it's nearly as needed as it was two seasons ago or even in that first season back in the Premier League with Slavisa. Gotcha. Well, that has to be encouraging for you. Um, at the top of the show, you mentioned um, reasoning why you think you could stay up, but also that maybe it, it might be a bit of a chore. Where does that balance lie for you and your expectations for the season and your optimism heading into it? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, for me, like I mentioned, the reason why I feel so optimistic, Kevin, it starts with the manager. And listen, when you look at Silva, Silva has a checkered past in the Premier League. There's no question about that. But he also has some success there and obviously familiarity with the Premier League. He has a point to prove. This is his last chance, honestly, I believe, to be a Premier League manager. So yeah. he is going to be motivated. And that's also what's interesting here, like I said, to have not just a manager but also a player in Pereira who's motivated. You're bringing in a couple of other quality players that want to be in the Premier League. So for me, it really comes down to the motivation of Silva. The way that he has improved the players underneath him is very encouraging. And that, to me, is something that has me filled with optimism. However, as you mentioned, the flip side here is when we look at it right now, the failures of two seasons ago began before the season started. And that had to do with the business coming in so late. You had two center backs coming in late in Tosin. And then, of course, you had Joachim Anderson, both coming in very late. And it took a while. They basically wasted about six matches until these players got up to speed. And it just really set them back. I think they're better prepared for that because they still have quality players here now. And I should also mentioned Tosin, I believe, is a Premier League player, and that and that's a difference mm. from
from a couple seasons ago as well. He is a Premier League center back, I believe. So when you look at why I'm optimistic, it's Silva, it's the players already in place. It's some of the transfer window signings that they've currently made. But what has me a little nervous and what has Fulham supporters right now in a little bit of panic is the fact that they have not upgraded the defense yet, including goalkeeper. And the one thing that has driven me crazy since I've been a supporter of Fulham and it has to do with their transfer window and all the speculation because you follow it with your own side. It can drive you nuts. Mm-hmm. And whether you support Fulham, support Tottenham, whoever you support, that crazy market of uh, transfer speculation is a cottage industry and it can drive you crazy. And, you know, one minute you think Fulham are getting a player, then there's a setback, blah, blah, blah. Have you heard that one before? It happens over and over again. (laughs) So that leads to the uncertainty. And right now, Fulham have been linked to several quality players, but they've not been able to get anything over the line. And most of the players that they are linked to involve the defense. So the argument right now, and I will post this on my show, because Fulham supporters, some of them are in the feeling that they've already kept it too late because Anderson came in at the very end of the window. He was just fantastic for them, but came in too late. So my question for them and for me myself is, do you take a lesser player if you can get him in the door or do you hold out for the more quality player? So that's the rub I think that's going on here because if you're asking me, I think you wait it out a little longer even though you won't be able to integrate them rather than taking a less player who could be someone that might not be able to help you as much as you want them to help you. It's a body, but I don't want just a body. I want a player that's going to be able to keep them in the Premier League. So that's the rub. And the players that they're linked to are quality players. And if it is difficult to get them from their current teams, then I understand that. Maybe you move on to another target. But I think they're on the right path. The problem is it's the timing right now, Kevin, because we are getting closer to the beginning of the season. But you know what? As you said to me, there's still two months left in the transfer window. Well, not that much time. But home supporters don't look at at it that way. They look at basically, I'm telling you, the transfer window is basically closing now in their minds Mm. because they want these players integrated now because they remember what happened two seasons ago where the defense was shocking and i mean shocking <laughs> at the beginning of this it were, they were horrific until the reinforcements came in and then everything changed but they got behind the eight ball and that's the rub here what do you do How, you know and again it's a difficult one because defense is where it really is hard to get players and especially center backs and mm. They honestly, they need at least two. I could argue three. And I'm just telling you that they need several center backs. They need quality center backs. I'm surprised that you guys haven't really sniffed around um, Roden or Tanganga because Bournemouth tried at both and didn't succeed either. But oh, interesting. They actually have with Roden. They actually actually have. 
and he's one of the names they are looking at. Great. Uh, he ha- I think he that would work well for all parties. Yeah, he's been linked with Fulham, and I wouldn't be against that, Kevin, honestly. I just want them, you know, and again, if he's a Premier League quality center back, I want him at Fulham Football Club. I want him sooner than later, but I don't want them to make the mistake of bringing someone in that will end up hurting them in the Premier League. And that's the situation. It's like, well, do you just want a body in? I want the quality. Yeah, and that's obviously very fair. Um, Now let's uh, turn our attentions to the other sides that are coming up with you to the Premier League. Obviously, Bournemouth, who you mentioned a a few times now, and then obviously Nottingham Forest, who came through the championship playoff. Uh, Last time uh, we did this show with you, I think you got both of the other ones going down correct. Um, I was just wondering what your vibe is on those two clubs who who came up with you, how you think they'll they'll stand in the Premier League this year, and any players that you think uh, you know neutral should keep an eye on. Oh, this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this part of the show. Okay, <laughs> so so let's start with Nottingham Forest. And listen, I I want to give them huge credit here. When Fulham played them the first time, they they were just transitioning to their new manager Cooper, who actually I think is a quality manager. Fulham were linked to him, but they went with with uh, Marco Silva. But Cooper's a great manager and no players that he, he wants to force and really did a phenomenal job there. So for that part, I give them a puncher's chance because, again, if you have the manager, I think that helps. They've had the ability to make several signings. In fact... I will tell you that a player that they signed, I wanted Fulham to sign. But now I understand why Fulham did not sign this player. And it was a player they had out on loan. That was Nico Williams. Now, Nico Williams did fantastic for Fulham. He came in at a time where Kenny Tete was injured and they desperately needed a right back. And he hit the ground running. He was fantastic for Fulham. However, the amount of money that Liverpool were asking for him was way too much for a player that might be a backup if it, he came back to phone, probably. Because I think Tete's your starting right back. He would have competed for the position, but you would have been paying a lot of money to Liverpool for a potential backup to Kenny Tete. So I understand why they've now gone to over to other targets. I do see why Nottingham Forest paid the money, but I think they way overpaid for a player that I think is a good player, and I think he can play in the Premier League. But I don't know if you pay that amount of money for a player that is probably going to be a good player. I think you would want to pay that type of money for a great player. And I don't think he's at that level. I think he's a good player. I just don't know if he's going to be that impact player that they think he's going to be for the amount of money that they paid, you have to weigh that. And for me, I think even though I wanted him back at Fulham and I said it on the show, I I thought one of the first things Fulham needed to do was to get Nico Williams back. And it looked like they were going to have a shot at it. But then when I saw how much money Liverpool wanted for him, I thought, you know what? That's okay. Cause I think they already have a starter in Kenny Tete. It's okay. They'll be okay without him, and they're gonna, they are going to get another right back. They absolutely are. So we'll see what happens. But for Forrest, I think Forrest are going to struggle. I think it's only natural that they're going to struggle. In fact, 
they lost one of their best players, as you already know, Kevin. They lost, <laughs> they lost one of their best players. So that's going to be something that they're going to have a hard time, I think, overcoming. But we'll see. I, I think he's a quality player. So I think they will struggle, and I don't see them staying in the Premier League. That's just, if I'm looking at it, at the middle of July, that's where I see. Now, Bournemouth, that's a fun one. Because as I told you off air, because of the Scott Parker situation with Fulham and Bournemouth, there's a, a rivalry right now I, between Fulham and Bournemouth, which you I never thought I would be telling you that. But yes, it is. And right now, it would make me very happy if Bournemouth went down. And But I will tell you that to Scott Parker's credit, he got them up. He has now done it with Fulham. He's done it with Bournemouth. So I have to give uh, Scott Parker credit. We'll see how they do with recruitment. But I think they are going to struggle just like Fulham did in the Premier League because of Parker's not willing to change the way he plays. He is. He does not have a plan B at all. It's his way or the highway, and that can work in the championship. And it did. It, it worked fine, but it certainly didn't work in the Premier League with Fulham. And I think they are going to struggle big time. And that's just my opinion. And it really starts with him. I, I think that he's built a squad that I think underachieved. I think his team. Should have, you know, and again, you could say underachieving, getting second. And, you know, I still think Fulham were going to win the league. But the problem is I don't, when I watched them play, I thought they had several players that did not play up to their potential. And I put that on their manager, Scott Parker. And uh, I listened to a popular video show called Back of the Net. And uh, I actually had the host on my show, great, great guys. Over the course of the year, after watching all of their videos over the course of the year, they kind of saw many of the things we saw at fall. I'm telling you, things really have not changed at Bournemouth. They will be exposed in the Premier League. They will struggle. And I think they're going to struggle mightily in the Premier League. They will be tough to beat, but when they need... To win matches, they're going to struggle because Scott Parker wants to win matches 1-0. And that's good. I think they're going to draw a lot, but I just don't think they're going to win many matches. And if you look at Fulham, they had many draws. They didn't win a lot of matches, and they certainly didn't score a lot of goals. So we'll see if I'm wrong. But I think both clubs are going to uh, really struggle in the Premier League and probably both could go down. Will they both go down? I don't know. I think that they could. I'll mm. just leave it at that. Yeah, you mentioned um, Parker maybe not getting the best out of some of those players. Uh, obviously, Dom Solanke came second in goal scoring by like he did. 15 or some nonsense he, um, just because of the absurd season that Mitrovic had. Do you think he had yeah. the developmental season um, like Mitrovic where he can now replicate that in the Premier League or do you think that was really just a strong big guy dominating championship defenders? 
time will tell. I will tell you that I was impressed with Solanke. And, you know, again, we can give credit to him and potentially for Parker as well because he really showed himself in the uh, championship. But as we both know, it's a different kettle of fish in the Premier League. Now, you can say what you want about Mitro's struggles in the Premier League. Part of that has to do with what we were just talking about with Scott Parker. Part of that, obviously, is with Mitro himself. But he also had a season, our first time back in the Premier League, where he did score, I want to say, 11 goals. So it wasn't that Mm. terrible. And that gets lost in the shuffle when it comes to him. But I will tell you, he has improved as a player. I'm talking about Mitro. I think Solanke has improved as a player. But is it more to do with the championship or more to do with Solanke? I guess we shall see. We shall see how it all plays out in the um, Premier League. But I will tell you that uh, Scott Parker seems to think that Solanke is, was the best striker in the uh, championship last season. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, he said it in the middle of the season. He backed his man, and that was fine. And he can do that. I, he, he can do that. But it was also uh, you know, a slap in the face to Mitrovic. And I don't think there's any love lost there. That's all I'm going to say. I know... When they recently played it, I think that they talked and everything like that. But that was a toxic environment that last season in the Premier League. That It was toxic, Kevin. It was really bad. And it was more than just Mitro and Parker. There were some divisions there. And uh, I'm just glad that, like I said, Parker's where he's at and Marco Silva's where he's at. Yeah, and I guess that that is kind of a question that needs to be discussed is, you know, after the Parker departure, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, it worked out for both parties. Both of you are back in the Premier League. I know you're mentioning that there's this rivalry. Apparently, Parker is saying inflammatory things uh, or or, uh, implying them, at least, with Mitrovic probably didn't help. But has has that calmed things down at all that now both of you have reached success? Or like you said, has it just driven the rivalry even further? I'm here to tell you that the rivalry is on and uh, my friends at back of the net were actually trying to, let's just say they were trying to keep that thing going indirectly because they actually did a show. It's very interesting. They did a show and they were trying to push Solanke as player of the year. And it was just funny because they, they did a video where they did 10 reasons why Dominic Solanke is the player of the year, basically over Mitrovic. 10, 10 <laughs> different reasons. And it was really, in my opinion, it was square at all of the stuff that they've heard from Fulham supporters for over a year. They unleashed in this video because they got sick and tired of Fulham supporters telling them how bad it was under Parker. And they didn't understand it. They just thought that they, that he left for them and, and that, you know, that it was sour grapes and they didn't understand that it was more than just sour grapes. It had to do with style of play. And they learned that last season. They got promoted. But after some those tough, those rough patches that Bournemouth went through, it almost seemed like they were on cottage talk the season prior talking about Parker because they were having the same discussions that we were about the style of play, about the players. So, and I want to tell you, I think that Bournemouth has some really quality players. I don't know if they played to their ultimate ability. Solanke certainly did. 
they have other players that I think at times did not reach their potential. And uh, I think you got an idea who I blame for that. But, you know, and again, I had just seen too much. I saw two and a half seasons of Fulham under Parker not to see what went wrong. And then I'm watching Bournemouth and I'm seeing similar stuff. And But like I said, it's worked. He's just a conservative manager. He's not my cup of tea, Kevin. He's very conservative. And I understand that. I want someone that is more aggressive. And Marco Silva is that man. And if you can find the balance that Jokanovic could not find, that balance. And that's why I am encouraged. In fact, a friend of mine said he believes that Silva might be looking at a former Portuguese manager and trying to install that at Fulham because we saw a little bit of this last night. It was told to me, you know, again, in more detail about how they were changing formation and that we could be going for a more continental approach in the Premier League than the last time around. And that Nuno might be an influence here. I, I, I don't know. It was just said to me that maybe we were looking at what Nuno did at Wolves and trying to look at that a little bit at full. I, I, I don't know. That, that's just a theory that a friend of mine had. But uh, I do like so far what they are doing, and uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the, this upcoming season. I'm excited to be back on your show. Excited to have you back, and I'll leave you with this very difficult question. You've given the reasoning for both sides for you. You think that probably both Bournemouth and Forrest are going down. Are Fulham going to stay in the Premier League after this season? Of course you got to ask me that. So <laughs> I probably said yes two seasons ago. So I'm going to say yes again. And uh, I believe in Silva. And I've said this on my show that there will be struggles. There will be times that they will severely struggle. And they should not push the panic button to get rid of Silva. Now, if they were going to give Scott Parker one full season, they should do the same, and I'm talking about in the Premier League, to Marco Silva, because there will be times that they are going to struggle. But I think the difference here, and uh, I think it's pretty evident, and I, I've heard from a source, that Silva's been very involved with the uh, transfers coming to Fulham. Many of the players that have come have talked about his influence. But I think he's had an influence on decision-makers with Fulham with who they bring in. So I think Fulham are all in with Marco Silva. So that gives me hope that in the Premier League. Do I see a third team going down other than Fulham than the two I mentioned? Yes, I'm looking right at Leeds United. I'm looking right there. I know they have uh, brought in a few players, but the players that they are losing I think are going to be hard, and uh, I do wish all the best to Jesse Marsh, but I think they will struggle. And that's a difficult place to be a manager. Let's just call what it is. That place is very hard. I wish Marsh all the best, but I think it's going to be a tough sled for them. And there are a few other teams as well. You know, I want to give full credit to a rival from Brentford. I didn't think Brentford would stay in the Premier League, but they figured out a way. Will they be able to do it for an additional season? We shall see. We shall see. But I think that they're going to be three teams worse than Fulham. But I thought that two seasons ago, and we ended up doing the yo-yo thing. But 
I hope that the yo-yo curse uh, is broken this season. Absolutely fair. And obviously, uh, good luck to you on this year. And I do agree with you. I think it's uh, very possible that Jesse Marsh is available to take the U.S. men's national team job in around January. <laughs> um, Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> and, I, and I honestly, I wouldn't be against that. Yeah, me either. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Obviously, we look forward to chatting with you more as the season goes on. Uh, best of luck to Fulham, and thanks again for coming on. If you want to tell folks where they can find you, now's a good time. Sure. If you are not familiar with uh, Cottage Talk, uh, please do follow that on the Twitter page. It's simply Cottage Talk. You can actually listen to the podcast on any app that has podcasts. Of course, Apple Podcasts. Please do check us out there. But I do want to mention this. We did, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, start a, a video series. And our podcast begins as, as a video. So please do subscribe to Cottage Talk on YouTube. Please do. We're trying to get that up. It's taken me about a year to get up to, say, 500, a little over 500 subscribers. I want to get that at least double. And uh, I love doing the live videos. It's so much fun. And I'm going to have a lot of shows this upcoming season I'm trying to take Cottage Talk to the next level. So um, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just put in Cottage Talk and you'll see it. Awesome. Thanks again, uh, Russ, for coming on. As he said, check out Cottage Talk. It's an absolutely terrific uh, YouTube series you got going over there. I've had the pleasure of being on a couple of times, so definitely recommend it to all of the neutrals out there that would like to hear more from Russ and more about Fulham in general. But yeah, an absolute pleasure chatting with you today and looking forward to doing more throughout the season. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate you having me on and I look forward to coming back soon. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.